welcome to So What's The Problem, podcast in which we watch a movie from our youth and try to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which was released on the 25th of November 1987 in the US and the 12th of February 1988 in the UK and 27th of May in 1988 (laughs) in Ireland. It was written and directed by John Hughes and stars Steve Martin, John Candy and Layla Robbins. Yeah. That's basically all that's in it. <laughs> and and some kids. And Michael McKean's fourth build for like 30 seconds of work. Dylan Baker's in it? Dylan Baker's in it. His first film role. Oh, it's his first yes. film role? Yeah. I got really excited when I saw him. <laughs> um, so what's going to happen is this. Jen and I have thought of, maybe thought of three problems. Um, this movie has. Uh, it is slightly difficult when the movie's really good. But um, we've thought of three problems. Uh, and we're going to discuss it, as well as one positive we're going to say about the movie, um, and we're just going to have a wee discussion. Jen, what is your history with Planes, Trains and Automobiles? Um, I didn't see it until probably... I don't know. It's been within 10 years, like maybe seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow I missed it. I was the kind of kid that like I loved John Candy and I loved Steve Martin, but for some reason, I was averse to like watching new movies. I thought you were going to say you were averse to watching them on screen together. No, <laughs> that's no. A, it's a really weird thing to be averse to as a child. <laughs> so I, for whatever reason, I didn't watch it. And then I, I, my husband, uh, it was his turn to pick a movie a while back, and he picked it, and I was like, "That's just a solid movie. <laughs> it's just a solid film." Mm-hmm. So that's my history. What's your history? Um, I watched it when I was a kid. Um, I liked John Candy and I liked John Hughes when I was younger. Um, my tastes have changed. Yeah, I just I think I watched it on VHS for the first time. It would have been late eighty eight probably. Since I mean, because we don't celebrate Thanksgiving over here mm-hmm. because you know obvious reasons. <laughs> um, uh, that's why we got it in February over here. And, uh, you know, it probably just, I don't know how well it did over here, it probably just disappeared. The funny thing is that I'm sitting here, like, you know, I'm reading the dates and I'm thinking, it's weird it wasn't coming out in Thanksgiving in other countries. And I'm like, well, yeah, why would it? (laughs) I mean, it it takes place, it's a holiday and it's, there's snow and stuff. So, like, Mm -hmm. you'd still think it would be winter, which in Ireland it was not, but... no. Um, but yeah, it would have been probably still would have been snowy here in February. Um, the weird thing about this movie is that it's sometimes marketed as a Christmas movie. There's some like DVD covers that has it with like Christmas lights and stuff. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so they try to Christmas it up for some reason in releases, and I don't understand why because it's not a Christmas movie. I mean, I'm it, I think it's the whole it's the holiday of it all, right? Like if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, it's still I mean Thanksgiving. There's so much about it that's so close to Christmas. Um, like the idea of like getting home for the family dinner. Yeah, and over here we eat turkey and Christmas dinner. Oh, uh, well, Christmas there you dinner, go. So, yeah. There you go. Because we not all the time. But, we do the uh, turkey at Thanksgiving. Yeah, and um, I I think it's really easy to forget sometimes that Thanksgiving movies are Thanksgiving movies. Like um, Home for mm-hmm. the Holidays is one that for the longest time I kept remembering it as a Christmas movie because it was like 
the holidays and the whole family getting yeah, together. Yeah, for it's, the holidays, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving is just kind of like pre-partying for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I get it. But then if you think it's a Christmas movie and you watch it and it's Thanksgiving, it's a little confusing. Let's just get into the problems. And my first problem is getting older. Because I used to be on Dell's side when I was a kid. <laughs> and I used to think Neil was a tight ass. But now I'm all for Neil. <laughs> because Dell would annoy the piss out of adult Really? Me. Yes, he would <laughs> annoy the piss out of me. I was 100% behind him in the hotel scene when he goes off at Dell uh, because the beer thing, mm-hmm. like spilling the beer on his side of the bed, that would have been the last straw for me. That would have been it. I'm like, I have to sleep on this side of the bed and it's covered in beer because of you. And the way that when Dell reacts to that mm-hmm. and says, I like me, my wife likes me, that didn't get to me this time round because... As well acted as it is, I'm st- I-, I was still thinking, yeah, but you're still fucking annoying. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I was sleeping on the floor, and if I slept on the floor next to the door, we wouldn't have got robbed. So, <laughs> I I have very different opinions from you. Oh um, right. Well, one thing because uh, usually when you know when we watch these movies, I watch them in the morning by myself. Mm-hmm. But Dylan loves this movie, so instead we watched it last night together. Oh, good. And the thing we were talking about, especially him, like, he really appreciates that they're both bad. Like, they're both, there's really bad things about both of them. Um, Right, okay. And that that's really interesting, that it's not just one person annoying the other. It's like, they both have really bad qualities. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about getting older, is that um, getting older and learning more, this time when I watched it, Mm -hmm. I just kept thinking, because of the social cues that Dell isn't getting, and I know this isn't the intention of John Hughes, um, but because of the cues uh, he's not getting... Um, and just a lot of the, the behavior and stuff, um, like things that he just doesn't seem to get are like wrong. Like the thing with the beer, I'm like, is Dell on the spectrum? He seems like it. And also not just the social cues, but the way he sort of bullies Neil at times, Mm -hmm. like, and he also sort of, you know, he does it subtly. And I love John Candy. Love Mm -hmm. me some John Candy. Been a lifelong fan. Um, but it's just the way that. He fleeces Neil for every cent he can get out of Neil. Okay, so the first time I watched it, like, when he says he even let Neil pay because yeah. he didn't want to, like, threaten his masculinity or whatever his reason was, mm. I was like, wow, this guy's a freeloading, you know, jerk. Well, and this time as a kid, as a kid, I felt the opposite, though. As a kid, I was like, yeah, go well, on, Dale, you tell him. But that's where I am now, where, like, he seems so sincere that I believe him. Like, I think he might have actually... Because he can tell that Neil is a guy who, like... He clearly... Like, he has control issues. He wants to be in charge. He wants to feel like he's better than other people. Which, like... Here's... Okay. So, I'm I'm attacking my first problem onto your first problem. Yep. Because it is about getting older. But my issue is that... And I still enjoy it. And I enjoy watching Steve Martin. But... I'm really thinking back on the on these roles like um, parenthood or house sitter or um, just like father of the bride. Mm-hmm. 
Steve Martin plays a very angry, privileged white man. Mm-hmm. His his whole shtick in most of these movies is him getting really angry and often unreasonably so. And um it's I don't like it as much <laughs> as I used to. Like right. cuz the thing is, yeah, Dell's annoying. Like for the first 20 minutes or so, I'm like ready to kill Dell cuz he's annoying the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. But there is kind of that tur- well, there's that turning point when he goes on that rant in the hotel room. That prompts Dell to say, well, I like me and my wife likes me. Mm-hmm. He goes too far. And he it's just like right when you feel like he needs to stop, he keeps going. And right. like he's but... a cruel man. <sighs> I know. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of his anger is justified. Because from the first, from the moment he leaves his office building... Dell in some way fucks up his life because it's Dell's trunk he trips over and almost mm-hmm. gets hit by the cab. Dell takes his cab. You know, it's it's like that. It's so I can understand why he's pissed off and doesn't want to talk to this man. But <laughs> like he recognizes as the 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 root of his problems at this current time. But the thing is, like, Dell doesn't realize that's his cab. I mean, it shows he's not paying much attention, but he doesn't realize, if anything, he should be pissed at the cab driver, because the cab driver knew the two guys were negotiating over the cab. He knew that cab was Steve Martin's. It's not, it's not Dell's fault. It's the cab driver's fault, right? Like That's true. (sighs) But I just, just this time round, I was just like, yeah, I'm more on Neil's side. I'm sorry. I guess he wants I'm... to get home to his to his family, and um, Del just. I mean, right? Don't get me wrong. I do like Del as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put that out there. I do like Del as a character, but he annoyed me this time round, and that is that is just the whole point. My problem is getting older and your um your tastes change yeah. and your um you know the way you perceive the way you perceive the world changes and you evolve hopefully some people do um into a decent human being and then just watching this now I'm like yeah I would be pissed off if I had to lie in that bed of beer I I feel like our, it's like our tastes changed, but in opposite ways. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the other thing I keep considering with Dell is that he's, you know, he's a traveling salesman. And that must be a really lonely life. And when you spend that much time alone, you kind of forget how to talk to other people, how to be around other people. Like, he can sell. Like, that's the thing when we see him selling those shower curtain rings to people as earrings and stuff. He's clearly a very good salesman. And he's ve- well, he's very good with people temporarily, but, like... Well, he's a good con man. Yeah, well, I guess. Well, he's <laughs> he's conning people and buying shower curtain rings saying they're, they're jewellery. I mean, he... So I... he's, he's, he's tricking them into thinking they're buying something that they're not. But I'm not saying that's a, I'm not saying that is a bad thing, because it was a good scene. It was a funny scene, and John Candy is just so likable that you don't really think about. Wait a minute, he's conning these people to get money, um, but he is. I, sorry, I can't get away from well, it. You know what? My is, biggest but... okay. My biggest problem with Steve Martin 
And this is actually an issue with um, the mom in Home Alone as well. Right. And here's where Dell is great. This is, I mean, you want John Candy around when you're traveling. So Neil is a big baby and he's, com- <laughs> he keeps coming up against these problems, right? And he's, he can't stop complaining. Um, Like what he does when he comes into a problem is he sits there and he bitches and moans and he tries to find someone to blame. Dell is a problem solver. Like Dell is the one who is like, well, okay, we're going to go to a hotel and we're going to stay here for the night. We're going to take a train. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Neil doesn't seem like he's really trying to resolve his issues. It's the same thing. Like the mom and home alone. It doesn't occur to her to rent a car or a truck until she meets John Candy, who's like, me and my guys are renting a truck. Like, I mean, even if there's nothing left at the airport, you can get a cab, go to a U-Haul place, and get a moving truck. Like, there are ways to get to your kid (laughs) that are Mm -hmm. faster than just offering people money at an airport, right? Yeah. And We'll we'll, we'll get to that. No, but I'm I'm just saying, because I think this this is a John Hughes trope. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing with Neil. Like Neil is not think he is not sitting there and actually trying to come up with um a a good plan. And this is why he's he ends up stuck with Dell. Because Dell is actually solving problems and even though they come up against lots of problems on their way, he is at least getting them moving. And it's and a lot of the problems aren't his fault. Like them getting robbed. That's, that's not his problem. Yeah, that's no, a that thing. That's a thing that happened, and it's unfortunate. Um, and it doesn't get resolved. We don't see that guy again, which is good so, because that happens. Yeah. Like I hate in movies. It happens. Like in a lot of movies, something like that happens. Then you see the robber again later or whatever. Like I, yeah. it's just some dude came and took their money and left, and that's it. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, it's just what annoys me about Neil is just that it doesn't really feel like he's trying to be reasonable and trying to come up with a solution and that's why Dell is so great like well i'll agree with you on half of that neil's his own worst enemy Mm -hmm. and the fact that he does he just bitches and moans and complains and doesn't do anything about it but what i think is what i would say to you is jen that whether it's true or not he does consider Dell to be the root of his problems mm-hmm. in the first place. And it does start with him tripping over Dell's um, trunk that's that's probably got his dead wife in it. Just like sitting there on the... No! <laughs> no! <laughs> it's just sitting there on the road. I think, yeah, yeah. Dell murdered his wife and he's carrying around in that. That's what I think. <laughs> you are a bad person. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That just puts a whole new spin on Dale, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. Okay, first of all, she died eight years ago. There would be a smell. Yeah. I know. I'm <laughs> kidding, Jen. No, I but... I was joking. <laughs> I don't think you were. No, I was. I was. Mm-hmm. I was joking. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't think that. Um, no, but I have actually... I have, <laughs> I have actually heard that as um, like a, a theory for the movie that he murdered his wife and he's carrying around. But no. All he's got in that trunk is a pillow and a picture of his wife. 
That's that's it. The trunk is only the trunk only needs two people to carry it because it's big. I don't think it's actually heavy. It's just mm-hmm. because it's a big trunk. But I'm pretty sure all he's carrying. I don't even think because he cleans his clothes in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's even got a change of clothes. So he's homeless, right? Yeah. Okay. So sad. That's the other reason I can't get too annoyed with him is because he's just so sad. And that's the thing. (laughs) The thing that I remembered about the first time I watched it is that I had this moment after I watched it where I was like, is this my new favorite John Hughes movie? See, I was saying that last night as well. It is possibly his most flawless film. Um. But yeah, but I'm. It's too sad. That's why it can't be my favorite because I can't. I can't even. <laughs> it's just so sad. It's. I mean, that would be different for me if it was like always sad and Dale, like Neil and Dale parted ways at the end, and Dale was left to go alone. Um, but he doesn't. You know, I I like to think he's he becomes Uncle Dell. Yeah, I hope they adopt him. And you know, he becomes Uncle Buck, and he just like. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Uncle Buck is annoying too. Uncle Buck is annoying. Yeah, Dell is a better person than Uncle Buck. Oh, absolutely. I don't think Uncle Buck murdered his wife and carries her body around in a trunk. But oh, I would believe it. Probably. I'd, I'd believe it more with Uncle Buck. Yeah. Although he makes a nice giant pancake. <laughs> um. I think this movie, like John Hughes, this is, is doing like the cinematic universe thing before mm-hmm. anyone else. Because Kevin Bacon is in this. Mm-hmm. And it's the same character as he's playing as and um, She's Having a Baby. Which oh, is it the same character? After. Yeah. Well, and apparently... Th- She's having a baby is playing on the TV. It is. It's strange, but it's it's supposed to be the same character. And then in the end credits of She's Having a Baby, John Candy's there, but mm-hmm. he is he's the character, his character from The Great Outdoors, which was the year after that. So yeah, there's like a weird cinematic universe thing going on. And Ferris Bueller is in the end credits of um, She's Having a Baby as well. God, I can't believe it's been 11 years since he died. It seems more recent than that. He just had stacks and stacks of scripts. Like, if his sons wanted to, if they wanted to make some money, they could probably get a ton of John Hughes movies made. They could. But, yeah. Anyway. So, that was your first problem. Um, I also want to add, why didn't Neil have his wife... Um, uh, oh, God. What's the word? I just blanked. I had it a second ago. Transfer money? I feel like there was another that would, Yeah, that transfer would money, good. but I was I was looking wire. Wire money. Wire, yeah. Um Dylan claimed he thought it was because they were mostly in small towns, like out of the way places. But at a certain point they're at St. Louis and he could have had his wife wire money. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he do that? That would have solved a lot of problems. But well, to be fair, he did try to get hold of his wife a couple of times and couldn't. But he should have done it before. He should have said to her before, yeah. This is a movie that I think if if people are trying to explain to their kids why they're so lucky to have smartphones and like what things were like back <laughs> in the day, this is the movie. This is the movie you show them. And I first had that thought, not with like the travel stuff, but it's when um, Dell is reading a book and uses a lighter mm-hmm. as a book light. And I like, yeah. I, like I, I, you know, I was kidding, but I was just like. 
why doesn't he just read on his phone? Like, <laughs> there are so many things in this movie that are so different. I and mean, you could even send money now to someone else's bank account using your phone. That would yeah. have been perfect for... <laughs> for There's a Neil. lot of things you could do. Um, yeah. If anything, if you're like Neil and you have you don't have any troubleshooting skills, you could go onto Reddit and be like, hey, I'm in this stuck in this place. I need to get to this other place. What should I do? And people would immediately respond with, you know, rent, rent a car, dummy, or something like that. Oh, and one thing, because you know I love my new um, uh, money converter yeah. calculator. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. So he had $700 in his mm-hmm. wallet. Uh, in 1988 money, that is $1,589.20. So he was basically walking around with $1,500 in his wallet. Yeah. So, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, problem number two for I, me, Jimmy. Um, I think it veers just a teeny, just a tiny, teeny little bit too much into the fantastical about halfway through. Just a teeny, tiny wee bit. Mm. Because when Neil gets picked up by his nuts and he starts talking weird, that goes on for far too long. Like, one line would have done, but it's like an entire conversation he has and he's talking weird. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in the car crash scene, uh, he sees Dell as the devil and then we see them as skeletons briefly. That sort of thing takes Mm -hmm. me out of the movie just a a little bit. Not not too much. Yeah, I'm not a fan. John Hughes did that stuff too much. It works in something like Home Alone. Well, Home Alone 2, that happens in. But, like, in this, which is supposed to be more grounded in reality, it just does seem a little mm. bit weird to me. And then when they're talking, um, Neil grabs Dell, and then they start, like, shimmying from side to side. That's that's a really weird sort of comedy bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he's, like, yeah. grabbing him and going... <laughs> that, that's too weird. That's just, like... Mm. It's a bit too sort of slapsticky, and I think it's out of place with the rest of the humour. But it's just that section. It's not there before or after. It's just that one like ten minute segment of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a fan of the score. When I don't mind the score, but the score when Dell gets his um, jacket caught in the um, in the seat of the car, I don't like that. But yeah, that ten minute segment, I loved it when I was a kid. Again, grown old. But now I'm like, it's a bit weird. It's a bit much. I'm, I'm going to skip to my third problem because you just kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it. Um, the jacket getting caught. Mm-hmm. So the problem I have with sequences like that, where like, you know, he's driving crazy because he's dealing with this. I cannot handle it because I'm like, pull over. Mm-hmm. Just pull over. Pull over and take care of it. That shit drives me crazy. Like, I... I I can't get into the comedy of it because I'm just like, well, you would just pull over. Yeah, or wake Neil up. Yeah. Because as soon as his jacket gets caught the first time, that's when he should have woke Neil up saying, I'm stuck, um, or pulled over when he still could, you know, grab the wheel with his other hand. But no, he had to faff around with it. And it, see, see, Dell, oh, just watching it now, I'm just like, Dell, you're such a. Fuck up. Just, just wake him up. Just, oh. But I still like him. <laughs> if it was played by someone else, 
that wasn't so likable as John Candy, I probably would have hated Del so much. Oh, have you heard about the remake? Yes. Yes, and I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I don't give a shit. I was telling Dylan about it this morning, and he was like... I mean, because we're both at the point where we're not going to bitch and moan about sequels and remakes and stuff too no. much, because we can just ignore them if we are you against them. don't have them. to watch them. But we also understand that, like... I mean, because there have been times where we bitched and moaned about things, and we saw them, and it's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> but... um. The idea of Will Smith and Kevin Hart, um, I don't love it. I don't love them doing a remake. But Dylan, what Dylan pointed out is his biggest problem is in the casting because he can see a world in which that could work. Um, it's that he's afraid they're just going to play Kevin Hart as annoying. Well, that's what they do in every other movie he's in. So. And that's the thing is like John Candy is sympathetic. Absolutely. There are things about him that are sympathetic. And it's just like, would they? And the thing is, Kevin Hart could do it, but they don't let him do that shit. <laughs> but um, I remember the first time I really remember seeing him, it was like right before he blew mm -hmm. up. Um, He was a friend of Ty Burrell's character on Modern Family. He was in a couple episodes and it looked like maybe he was going to just like be a friend of his on the mm -hmm. show. But then he, I forget what it was that made him really popular first, but all of a sudden he was like a movie star yeah. and he wasn't on Modern Family again. But like, I enjoyed watching him on that and he wasn't like just an annoying character. So I think they could do it, um, but I don't know that they're going to do it right. Well, they kind of remade Planes, Trains with um, Due Date with Robert Downey Jr., but that was... <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is it, Dylan brought that up last night, <laughs> actually, that like the problem with due date is it's like Zach Galifianakis is just fucking annoying mm -hmm. and that like that's the difference yeah. is that they don't they don't understand that with a road trip movie like this, like an odd couple road trip movie. I mean, Neil is a dick. Yeah. And that's what makes it work is that it's they're both deeply flawed mm -hmm. and they're both deeply annoying in different ways. And I'll, when people try to recreate that, they don't get it. I mean, I complain about Dell, but I really do. I still think that he's sympathetic um, mm -hmm. because who he's played by. Well, and you, and you really sense the loneliness mm -hmm. in his character, the whole movie. And I think that for the most part, we as people are just we're sympathetic to lonely people because no one wants to be lonely no. and even even if someone's annoying you don't want them to be alone mm. oh it makes me so sad <laughs> what's your third problem um well my third problem is what happens to the girl on the train because she's in the train sitting next to um steve martin and he's been mm -hmm. nice because he has kids and he knows how to talk to kids. He's been nice to this girl. But then we never see her again. We don't see her mm -hmm. off the train. We don't see her walking with everyone else off the train. We don't see her on the bus. What happens to the girl, Jen? I can't say I thought about it. I want to know that she's okay. Does she get home? <laughs> she got home. Phew. Because I didn't see her on the bus. <laughs> I was getting worried. She was too young to be wondering about herself. Right. 
So what's your second problem that's now your third problem? <laughs> well, at one point, uh, we're, I don't know, maybe around halfway through, I, I turned to Dylan and I was like, hey, if you uh, see any problems with this movie, will you tell me? Because uh, I'm at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, have you written down the gay panic? Yeah, I was... And we had a bit of an argument about it because my thinking was because my first thought was it was gay panic. Right. right? But then I'm like, wouldn't you react like that if you wake up in this position with a stranger? But Dylan pointed out that it was that they even seemed okay for a second at first, but that it's the fact like there was something about the fact that it was both men, Mm -hmm. like that they were freaking out because it was a man. And so I'm going to go with the gay panic because it did feel gay panicky it wasn't as bad as i remember it being but it was definitely dylan was definitely bothered by it so even if it's not my problem i'll just steal dylan's problem because i was thinking about this last night and i was going to write down the gay panic but then i thought it's okay jen will handle that so (laughs) um but i don't speaking as a man who doesn't really give a shit if anyone's gay or (laughs) um Right, that sort of that doesn't bother me, but if anyone was like sort of on top of me and kissing my ear, anyone, yeah, and I woke up like that, then I would freak the fuck out. But the way that they handle it, like both of them, if they only had like mm-hmm. Neil acting like that, then I think it would have been it would have played a bit better. Like if Dale just played it off as, oh, well, it's fine, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's all right. But both of them are acting like, oh, we're big manly men. Did you see the game last night? But if it was only Neil who reacted to it, then I think it might have played a bit better. Yeah, it's... The sad thing is the bar is so low for the 80s. Oh, there's much worse. Yeah, I've seen so much worse that I see that and I'm like, hey, that's progressive in comparison (laughs) to everything else, which is sad. That's not how I should look at it. It's all problematic. But, um... Yeah, so we'll go with gay panic. But I do think that this is a little bit more sort of gay panicky because of their reactions. Again, yeah. if it was just Neil, I would have just thing it off as yeah, he had an uncomfortable, you know, something uncomfortable happened and it freaked mm-hmm. him out, I'd be exactly the same. But because Dell is also doing the Oh, did you see the game last night? Oh, we're men yeah. thing, it's kinda of, it is sort of gay panicky, but yeah. But, you know, it's fine. We're we're struggling to find three problems in a movie that is pretty good. Um, yeah. Although I still want to know what happened to that girl on the train. Right, <laughs> right. So it's uh, positives time. So my positive, and despite the fact that I complained about his character, my positive is John Candy. Because John Candy was the best. And... Even when his characters were annoying, like Uncle Buck, you mm. still sort of liked him because he was sympathetic and um, likable, um, and he was taken from us far too soon. Um, and you know, when someone that when someone dies, someone that talented dies so young, it makes me think, like. What would they be doing now? What would John Candy be doing now? Would they be on a sitcom? You know? Um, he probably would have lost... Hopefully would have lost weight. Because like, if you look at um, John Goodman now, 
John Goodman has lost a lot of weight. There's, well, there is a, okay, this isn't nice. Okay, so obviously when someone is that large, it is unhealthy. Yes. Um, even, even if you are uh, the kind of person that's like, you know, you can be healthy at any size, that there is that point you get to where it's like, that's, I mean, obviously like he died, like it's dangerous. Um, and so it's good when someone who is that large uh, and is at more risk for for heart problems and diabetes and stuff. It's good when they lose weight. Mm. Once they get to a certain age and they lose weight, it does not necessarily look great. <laughs> John Goodman. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. It looks weird. It's I'm I and you know I don't I don't like to talk about people's no 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 like, I don't like to criticize no. it and I'm I am happy that he is healthy yeah I am and I'm happy I'm happy for him but I also watch the Connors every mm-hmm. week it does look it does look kind of and I'm, I think the, it's also because of the fact that we're not used to seeing him like that as well maybe yeah but yeah it happened with somebody on Gilmore Girls when they came back when they did their movies a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad she got healthy, but there's, it's the, I mean, I guess a lot of it is the loose skin. Like once you get to a certain age. You you can see that in Goodman. Well, and I say that as somebody who has lost weight Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, it's a problem at any age. It just gets worse when you're older. Like the, 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 the loose skin is not (laughs) the most attractive thing. Um, and but like, yeah, John. Good- but the thing is, we've seen a lot of people get healthier, right? Like Jeff Garland, um, he's still a big guy, but like he cut out sugar and stuff and got a lot thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. have you seen him lately? Yeah. My God. <laughs> um, Seth Rogen got in better shape. Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, if John Candy were alive today, I think he would be one of those people. Yeah, um, I think he would have been on a sitcom. Something I think about a lot is when these people are taken from us too soon. Mm. Um, we tend to assume they would always be doing great stuff. Um, and that they would always be as perfect as we are able to remember them because they died young. Yeah, but it's obviously it's not the same level, but it's like the same thing as like I talk about how it's easy to talk about what a perfect show Firefly was because it wasn't even on for a full season. Mm-hmm. Right. But if it had gone for seven seasons, we'd be sitting around talking about like how like the sixth season of Firefly yeah. sucked. Right. Like it's, and so sometimes whenever I think about these people, like I do think John Candy would be doing great stuff, but I also think we'd be talking about like the really bad movies he did like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. It's, it's how I feel when people talk about like, like Kurt Cobain or like the Beatles or something. And it's like, people are like, man, the perfect music they would have been making this whole time. And I'm like, you know, there's a point where you would have been bitching about Well, them. if you listen to some of the solo stuff that the Beatles did, it's, um, it, a lot of it's pretty terrible. Um, uh, John Lennon, I don't want to say he was lucky because he got murdered, but he was sort of, he went out quite early, so he was all right. But 80s Paul McCartney is the worst. It is the worst music ever. Um, And I'm talking... Oh, we're we're getting to the season where we're going to hear that song that... uh Simply Yeah, Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, that is the worst Christmas song ever. 
Also, mm-hmm. um, and I'm saying this about 80s Paul McCartney because 70s Paul McCartney is really fucking good. 80s Paul McCartney is so bad I'm saying he's the worst and Ringo Starr exists. So I'm saying that 80s Paul McCartney is worse than Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr's songs are awful, but 80s Paul McCartney is like a different fucking level of bad. Apart from um, the song coming, was it coming up? I like that song. But everything else in the 80s is terrible. That was 80, 80 or 81, so that's fine. But everything past that is god awful. The theme tune to Spies Like Us, awful. Awful, awful, awful Paul McCartney. Wow. You have opinions. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think, you know, you talk about, like, you know, Chris Farley or John Candy or John Belushi or whatever. Oh, fuck knows what John Belushi would have been doing if he was still alive. He probably would have turned up in Saturday Night Live every now and then. And I don't think John Belushi would have lasted long in the movie business. He's too uh, crazy. Yeah. He's too, like, I, I'm personally not a fan because the frantic energy is a bit much for mm-hmm. me. But, yeah, it's like, I just, I'm so depressing that whenever I think, like, what would John Candy be doing if he was alive? And I'm like, he'd be annoying me because I'm just. <laughs> um, I don't know. Although it I, depends. I am glad. The thing is about these people dying too young is we also don't have to see them on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, or voting for Trump. Um, so that I mean, that's something. <laughs> John Candy was Canadian, though, so I'm not entirely sure if. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was gone way 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 too soon. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't mean to make light of it. No, no. It's just something I think about a lot. No, no. Uh, when we speculate about, we like, try to keep things like kind... yeah. Yeah, I'm always so I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone, I but I also uh, I I also think that we should be honest about our dark thoughts sometimes. I think we should. I think we should. I just went in a tirade about um, Paul McCartney, so I think it's all right. I just want to point out that watching this last night, I actually don't think John Candy is as big in this movie as he has been. No. Because no. he looks much bigger than Uncle Buck, which was two years later. Yeah. So this one, at least he looks like he's healthier. Well, you know what happened? They, they made he made them build him a gym. Like he had brought all this exercise equipment and weights and stuff, mm. and they had to build him a gym, like on set or near set or something. He never went there. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what's your positive? Uh, that moment at the end, when Steve Martin is finally driving home, or riding home, and he realizes. The Dell's wife is dead. Right. That moment, it's such a great moment and such a human moment. And it's like he's Neil is such a selfish person mm-hmm. who has, even though like things have gone wrong and a lot of it has been Dell's fault, he's also been on this like journey with him. They've been through a lot, and he hasn't really bothered to like try to get to know him very well. And he hasn't seemed like he's really been paying attention. Mm-hmm. And just, he has this moment where he's finally by himself and he starts to really think about it. And that he realizes, not only realizes, but goes back. It's such a wonderful moment. And Steve Martin plays it so well. And normally I loathe flashbacks to previous moments in a movie. Yeah. 
like, you know, you're watching Chasing Amy, you get to the end and you see a little flashback montage and you're like, yeah, we just watched this. I think it's necessary here, though. They're usually unnecessary, but it's totally necessary here and it works really well. And I just I as as upset as he has been that moment when he not only realizes the truth, but that he recognizes that as much as it sucks that he missed his daughter's recital and as frustrated as he as he's been not to be with his family, mm-hmm. at least he has family. Yeah. And like and there's that moment where you can tell he's like probably called like that he's called his wife and given her a heads up and she's looking at Dell very sympathetically. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. That he's he's been mm-hmm. awful the last couple of days and he's and if we're just going off of our impression of him there, he seems like he's a terrible guy. And you're like, why would his wife even want him home? <laughs> but you realize that he's just been in a stressful situation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's like a good, empathetic person. Yeah. And there is that, you know, there's that thing at the end of uh, Breakfast Club where as a viewer, you have to decide, are they friends mm-hmm. Are they not like, do they say hi in the halls on Monday? Yeah. Um, do they have secret friendships? Do they never talk to each other again? And it's a tough one. As... It's really tough. And, and it's nice. It's nice that you can have your own theory, but at the end of this movie, it's hard to believe there's a world in which they don't take Dell in as their family. They must do. And it's heartwarming and it makes me cry like a baby. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lovely ending. And I think that that's the moment where we actually see we see Neil as the person that he actually is. I think mm-hmm. that's when we see Neil as the person that his wife sees him as. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all we have time for. Um, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod, because we don't have a Twitter for this one yet. Um, and shiftybench.co.uk is the website where you find other podcasts. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is where you can contact us. Um, tell me that I'm wrong about Paul McCartney. I dare you. Um, <laughs> uh, 80s Paul McCartney. Only 80s Paul McCartney. Um, and uh, where can the listeners find you on the internet, Jen? Uh, I tweet at, at Pilot Inspectors. I have another podcast, Party of Five Rewatch podcast, uh, called Closer to Free. Yep, and you just released an episode recently. I spotted that was I was shocked to see that. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's now that the election's over, um, I will have because I've been out volunteering for campaigns. Yeah, you've got more time, now, and so. I've been exhausted. So yeah, I'll have more time. So hope, but I say that I'll, I feel like I jinx it every time. I'm like, you know what? Now I'm going to record more episodes than months past. Yeah, but. What are you gonna I'm do? I'm not the best podcaster. <laughs> I'm not the best podcaster. No, well, neither am I because I keep changing movies on you, right? So, <laughs> if somebody else is in charge, but when it comes to me and Dylan, yeah, I'm the Jimmy, <laughs> which isn't good because Aye. I'm really bad at doing things. Okay, I get. All right, fair enough. Um, I I mean that I'm the one who like kind of drives. Things. No, I know. I understand it, man. I was just joking. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. No, no, insulting. I know. I know. I was just kidding. <laughs> but I'm not actually the best either because I do change movies on you. Um, but at least we're still going to do the movie that you picked, which is Jen. Go from 1999, Nine? I think. 98 or 99. Yeah, it's one of those two. Um, the late 90s. So we're covering that next if you want to watch that and then um, listen to it. Because I've only ever seen it once back 
in 99 or 2000. That is the only time I've ever seen that movie. Um, I watched it. Oh God, I've seen it so many times. I, I watched the trailer for it recently. Last week I watched the trailer for it. And I was like, oh, that's go. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, anyway. So, thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.